Welcome to the ByteCast, a bi-monthly startup-focused podcast from the guys behind 8Bytes. We're going to be chatting about everything that's needed to start your product, from inception all the way through to product launch, uh, with loads of tips and tricks that we've learned along the way. Let's get started. Let's do it. Welcome to episode 106 of the ByteCast. Today we're talking about beta testing. With me today I have Adam from 8Bytes. Good afternoon. And Chris from Dwelldown. Hey guys, happy Friday. Woo! <laughs> I love that we record these on Fridays every week. So today we're talking about beta testing as we said. I suppose the first place to start, as usual, is why beta testing in the first place? Why is it important? Well, I guess beta testing is super important because you don't want to just code launch your product, uh, release it to the world without really doing a bunch of testing first first of all you can you can do it yourself and you can get a lot of testing done yourself but it's not realistic to think that you're going to be using your product 24 hours a day and it's good to get people who will be using it testing it before it launches fully getting right. their feedback and improving the product from there you're, you're never going to catch all the bugs you're never going to catch everything that's wrong with it so it's, it's really an important part of the process you should be doing yeah and internal people tend to use products as well in a similar flow all the time because they've worked with the product as it's been built, they tend to do the same things over and yeah. over in the same ways. So when you get uh, people who are maybe from a different mindset or haven't seen something before, they actually tend to play around with things a bit differently and mm. you'll, you'll see things that you won't I'm, see internally. I'm always an advocate of building products that you use every day, but it's not, I mean, it's not entirely possible the whole time. So I'm sure you you don't sit on dwell down 24 hours a day, do you, Chris? No, but in the beginning, I was I was definitely on there all the <laughs> right. time. It's it exciting. Is. It's exciting when you're, when you're, when you're launching something and it getting is. a different view. It is. But um, realistically, you're going to need to get people who might be using this every day or potential users using it beforehand. Um, dwell down was obviously on a tight schedule, so we couldn't do very much beta testing in the beginning, but you can see parts of it that would, would, um, would really benefit from this. Uh, without a doubt. Right. Yeah, it kind of gets into, you know, how do you go about beta testing? So that's what we're starting to get into now. Um, and I think the first thing Adam's already brought upon is having that um, a diverse group of testers, if possible. Yep. I mean, if you can get people who you think uh, maybe they work with products that are similar in the area, those type of people who will have lots of insight, but also get the people who mm-hmm. maybe um, haven't used something like this before or are interested but are new. Because yep. you want to get the, the different, different use cases. Yeah, it, definitely technical users are good. I I always seem to find bugs and things. The guys always give me a product when they're working on it and I'll just start tapping away or swiping on things and I'll find something broken anyway (laughs) every time. (laughs) But uh, you'll find that some users aren't, you know, they don't use technology every day. Obviously, you're building a product and you've seen everything, but they won't and they'll find things you haven't thought of. Um, It's good to get them using. It's also, as an aside, a a good way to user test um, your product at this point too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, for sure. it's almost a double bar you can user test and and get uh, feedback on bugs and things too yeah. yeah i think the main thing is to get the actual usage is to get a group of people together diverse if possible between you know um how they're you know what they're using currently maybe and what this product is going to give them but people are going to use it is the main thing you want to get a group of people are actually going to use it not just get signed up to the mailing list mm-hmm. sure. get the key and, and never actually jump in you want yeah. to people are going to try does it do you, do you guys see a lot of times that it actually helps you kind of like single out specific demographics in terms of targeting user targeting or yeah we've seen in the past when we we've definitely beta test things in the past whereby um 
we've released it to a, a large user test group um, in certain companies and stuff, um, mm. whereby you can get the feeling for people who are going to use it and people who are not going to use it. Nice, and then that starts to give you sort of demographic. Uh, in one case, I remember in particular, we were doing something to do with Twitter. And I remember seeing uh, multiple demographics at play. And it was very clear that there was a certain... Um, certain audience that were using our product for other things that were never going to use this feature because it yeah. did not fit it, into how they did their job. It is a very good way of A-B A-B testing. Sure. Um, for example, now in Dwell Down, if we wanted to change how the property page looked, it, it would be useful to maybe show this to a certain set of users first to see if it's actually the way you want to go or not. And sure. Without doing a full release, again, you can you can test these new features. Or um, what seems to be a common trait is people will test a new design of a feature. Like they might redesign a certain page to see if users are finding it easier to use or not and that's it's a really a really easy way to use and obviously you can you can target at your uh, your current users if you are already out there you right. know yeah. you can pick a subset of those who might be your early adopters mm -hmm. and like Owen is on the the list for Slack always he's always signing up to these things <laughs> and then he wonders why everything is broken all the time yeah i think one of the things one of the most important points is is don't be afraid um, be afraid to ship things. Don't be super precious. A beta test is there to learn. You're there to learn things and to find out you know how people are going to use things to a degree. The user testing side of it, but also I think things will break most likely mm -hmm. if it's the first time. You know, so you can't be too precious and be like, no, we're not ready. We're not ready. You know, you need to get it out there, get people using it, and that's where you'll grow. Yeah, it's it's so funny listening to you guys because you guys are always like you know don't be afraid to ship it don't be afraid to test and I think as a, you know as a client or a, as an entrepreneur it, that's a, the biggest thing that we that we uh, that we worry about you know yeah. right. we feel like that'd be a, a failure right but but that's just the opposite to be honest you know <laughs> right that's the fear it's the first yeah. time someone's going to see it so you're you're worried and I mean it's not the first time everyone's going to see it it's just this group of people who are usually people you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of time with beta tests are people you know or people you have confidence in or you have some relationship with. So they're not going to turn around and just say, hey, you're a failure. I, I tried to use your product for two minutes this morning. You're out. Depends who your friends are. Right. <laughs> there's an expectation there. They obviously know the product isn't finished. And right. so there's an expectation that they're helping you along this process. And, and bugs and things are to be expected. That's the whole point of this product, getting it out early or uh, getting a new version out early. Right. So you have a couple of avenues, I suppose, available to you when you go to beta test. It's kind of easier on the web, I suppose, because you can gate things very easily on the web. I mean, with mm -hmm. brand new products, you can kind of just not market it. And then it's it's in beta testing, you know what I mean? You yep. can do it to a degree where you can just ship it and just tell people about it as you want. Um, and then on iOS and Android, you have a test flight and the Play Store where you can actually run uh, beta tests with, with different groups of people as well. Yeah, like it's a bit more technical when you're setting up the version of that. Obviously, you can just... On the web, you can just have a separate URL or whatever, a different, a different uh, server. Like we were saying in the last podcast, we have multiple servers set up, like QA and, and production. Right. Generally, we might use QA as our, our beta testing server, per se, and that will have a, a different URL that only certain people know, Right. which is definitely not beta.dwelldown.com. <laughs> uh, we actually did like a soft a soft opening or a soft launch. Yeah, right. so that's I mean, effectively. You know, and it was great. We, got, we had four extra days. Yeah, exactly. And, and we figured out a lot of stuff. Yep, that's it. Right. Mm. Um, to move on from there I suppose is, is actually measuring the beta testing I think this is the bit that people struggle with mm -hmm. um, quite a lot is is how to extract value out of the beta test um, so once, once you've run it you know what should you do I think the important thing is to straight away start to measure what's going on in terms of if it's an app I suppose you have crashes you have usage for everything you should be tracking usage mm -hmm. and then from there you can you know 
try to get feedback from people. You, I think you need to be proactive about that, yeah. actually. Things like getting, uh, like again, we said in the last podcast, things like fabric, getting right. fabric into your app, which will show you the crashes, things that you might have missed. And I think you can um, you can tag events in there too, can't you? Yeah, they do have some, I think, I think an ever-growing um, ability to set up events. Okay. Well, either set an event, so like user tapped button, user went to this screen, etc. You can, there's plenty of um, apps and things out there that will do that for you. Mm-hmm. And then getting something in there as well to talk to your customers. So maybe something like Intercom or um, our personal favorite Drift. Right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, getting something like that into your app. So it's like an SDK you can you can include in your app or a piece of code you can put into your website, which allows you to talk to your users. Right. So you can basically chat to your beta testers while they're using the product. So if they're having issues or whatever, you can talk to them directly, help them fix them, or just even learn from from how they're using the product. Yeah, I think I think reaching out to them is an important point. I think people will give you feedback at times, but I think um, there's other cases whereby people have feedback and they don't even realize it's feedback until you talk to them, you know? Sometimes you need to coax it out of people. Um, so I think actually being proactive and, you know, rather than leaving them away and hoping they come back to you with some great nuggets of uh, wisdom, mm-hmm. I think you need to be like, hey, it's been a week. How's things going? And be proactive about that and, and kind of um, interact with them rather than waiting for them to come back to you. Yep, and on, on these platforms, you can you can set a message to trigger automatically after a certain amount of time or after a certain action is done. So maybe if you're testing a new flow, at the end of the flow, you could have a pop-up and go, what did you think of this? Do you think this was a, a better way of doing it than before? And just get that, that feedback, like you're saying, proactively. Kind of, you're uh, like drawing blood from a stone sometimes, but you have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes also you'll, you'll need to... Um to guide users to certain things you want tested as well. Don't be afraid to, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they're there to help you, if you need something tested, you can you can say, hey, you know, this this particular feature is something right now we want tested and guide them like that as well. Make sure that the work that you're doing is getting you the feedback you need because um, there's really no point in, in spending the time because this, this process does take time unless you're going to extract the value out of it. So Yeah, there's a lot of effort you should be putting in beforehand, obviously, to, to do that. Like, this is what we expect to be tested. These are the new features that you should be looking at rather than like if we release a new version of an iOS app, we'll do beta tests nearly, I guess, every week at this stage. Right. And we we specifically have to list what's new this week so the person they're testing that because if otherwise we're just going to test the whole app again. Just, we're not sure. getting the value. And for them, we don't want them wasting their time either. All right, so that, that gets into the, the what's next. So you've run um, beta, you've got some feedback, and then you probably need to, realistically for quite some time, you need to be... Um, probably adding features and releasing again. Mm-hmm. So on things like an iOS app, you'll have a, a new release and on the web, you'll make changes. I think one of the key points is to not pummel your users with those changes. I mean, you might have a team who can give you a build every day, but I mean, these users have a certain amount of time. They're probably doing it for free and mm-hmm. they could be friends. It could be whatever they are. Um, you want to interact with them um carefully you don't want to you don't want to overload them with too many updates right you yeah. want to and there's no need in releasing a new beta every time you change like you know fix a bug or right. do this or change an icon it's, you want to kind of um get the features all together into a, a release is like, there a quick question is there like an average that a person you guys would usually give a person to check out a new feature to, like meaning would you let that person check it out three times to get in to get the accurate data or is it what if i check, check it out once and say i don't like it but i don't really understand it this suppose we leave we leave the the app or whatever give them a week give it okay. give it a week of usage and then hopefully they've played you know when you start to interact with them then i think there are mm-hmm. the questions you need to ask is you know if it's an issue have you had this issue yep how many times have you had it you know okay. what were the circumstances and try to learn from there but i think definitely giving the the test um an amount of time is important because mm-hmm. if, if it's very quick as i said you could find you could spend all this time on one issue that 
in the long run is actually not big or so on and so forth, right? Sure. I think it's very hard to find good beta testers too. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, like you're saying, we get to proactively get stuff out of them, but the really good beta testers will look at the features you're trying to test, test them out yourself, and come back with a list of feedback and improvements. But constructive feedback too, not like the, this is crap. We didn't like this. The, the old color was better. Reasons why and reasons on, on the features that you're implementing, what they think of them and how they're working for them. And once you have good beta testers, you should really hang on to them because they're very hard to, right. to find again. Right, for sure. If you can reward them, if you're in the place to reward them, reward them. Amazon voucher, uh, something, you know, reward them with something. Here's, a, here's a chocolate beer. chip. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Which is uh, kind of leaves us on to, you know, if, if someone does have a specific issue, you should follow up directly with them. But I would, I would personally, top tip here, I'd personally try to stay away from email if you can, especially if it's if it's something visual. Um, an app is a great example. We worked with, myself and Adam have worked with people in the past in the user testing side of things who are pretty inventive. Um, and they came up with a method of user testing uh, via Hangout where you turn your laptop the wrong way around and you <laughs> fold down the screen and then you put your hands around the laptop like you're hugging it with your phone so the person on the other side of the call can see the phone, right? And then they have headphones on that they can they can still hear you. you. You hope you can see it. They're always like, "Can you can you see it?" <laughs> yeah, it's like turn down the turn, turn down the brightness. <laughs> angle it differently. <laughs> but if if someone does have an issue, try engage them in, in something like a hangout or something where you can actually go through it. Email and sometimes uh, text. It's very hard to actually extract the problem, um, especially if one person is technical and one is not. Okay. That to, to get the actual um, the source of the issue across is is quite difficult. So that's a. I think a Hangout and stuff like that, a Google Hangout, something like that, if possible with the user is is actually better. In person, of course, is, is always the best. Mm-hmm. But there's a, that's a cool user testing thing where you turn the laptop around. If you ever need to test an iPhone app um, or an Android app on camera, that's a pretty interesting way because you can you can ask them questions. So how do you do this? How do you do that? Um, so that's Molly Wolfberg <laughs> and Rachel Decker came up with that. Yeah, it's so just, just some props for those two. <laughs> Take it to the next step. You need two cameras, one per, one on the person's face to see their actual reaction <laughs> and their the horror when they're using your, your stuff. <laughs> or delight, of course. So that's that's beta testing. That's uh, our thoughts, really. I suppose a roundup of beta testing if we were to, to kind of bring it back all together. Um, you know, start to engage with your users. That's what it's about. Uh, get moving on that. Uh, try to get a good group together, beta testers. As you said, it's difficult to get beta testers together. So if you do get a good group, kind of hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Um, get the product to them, you know, often but not too often that you're going to burn them out. Uh, be proactive about getting the feedback from them too. Uh, you know, keep reaching out um, and keep giving them all the opportunities you can for them to engage with you. Uh, learn to iterate until you get where you want to be. Yeah. Don't be afraid to keep going. You know, beta tests... It's not a case whereby I released a beta test on Monday, so the product's being released next Monday. That's not the way to look at it. It could mm-hmm. take a couple of weeks, but it, it could save you a lot in the long run. I mean, if yeah. you if you are going to release this to quite a big audience, if you can solve it with the 10, 20, whatever your beta test ends up being, 30 people maybe or whatever, um, it's a lot easier than solving it when you have a couple of hundred people shouting at you for the same thing. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to take some time. Yeah, and, we'll average uh, about, I'd say, it's probably like six or seven beta builds before we actually ship it. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of doing it like like right. you're saying before let the the features build up a bit don't pummel people with them but don't be afraid of it just yeah. get people using it right get it out possible. there get people using it if you are worried about that maybe stagger your beta whereby you leave five people in at the start you're very comfortable with and then move out of your comfort zone over time by adding mm-hmm. maybe people you know a little less or, or just higher volumes of people so that's beta testing thank you very much Chris for joining us hey thanks for having me and Adam thanks very much no problem alright bye 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 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bytecast. If you want to find out more about 8Bytes, you can talk to us on 8Bytes.ie. The next episode will go live in two weeks and you can find all the episodes on Bytecast.fm. Thanks for joining us.